Talk Recorded live. Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Dulcinea. It is Thursday, July 31st, 2008. Prayer is an opportunity to beckon the oneness, the source of all of creation, to lead us to a remembrance of love, truth, joy, peace, beauty, awe, and wonder. Prayer activates the soul and aligns the heart to create a most miraculous outcome. Evolution Revolution is focused on offering the listeners intuitive and balanced information that fosters transformation both personally and globally, ultimately raising the consciousness on planet Earth. I am a metaphysician, clairvoyant, and clairaudient intuitive, writer, public speaker, PR and marketer, personal advisor to visionaries, leader, and spiritual teacher. Please explore more on my website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com or at www.dulcineasdivinevision.com. Thank you for joining the show this evening, wherever you may be listening. Tonight on Evolution Revolution, I am honored to have an appearance from Chrissy and Gary Blaze. Chrissy is an international speaker, author, astrologer, and regular media guest who believes in applying astrology and metaphysics to everyday life as practical, transformative tools. She is a priest in the Etheris Society for over 20 years and speaks regularly at international conferences, seminars, workshops, and lectures on topics from the power of the mind and prayer to life after death, astrology, healing, and spiritual development. She is a state boardified certified teacher of holistic healing in California, qualified as a lecturer at the University of London, and holds a diploma in astrology from the Faculty of Astrological Studies in London. Chrissy has given hundreds of radio and television broadcasts, lectures and workshops on the psychic and spiritual sciences. She has published six books, four of which are astrology-based, and also the title Workout for the Soul, and tonight our focus will be on Power Prayer, co-written with Gary Blaze, which we will be talking about again for the next hour. Gary is an international speaker, author, regular media guest, and a renowned expert on spiritual healing. For 25 years, he was an initiate and close student of the late yoga master, Dr. George King. In more recent years, he has studied with many world-class Qigong masters from both the Taoist and Buddhist traditions. This has served to further expand his knowledge and understanding of the great universal life force and its flow and importance within the energy anatomy of man and how this relates to healing and spiritual development. He is considered not only to be an outstanding practitioner of spiritual healing, but has also an in, but is also an inspired workshop leader. Welcome, Chrissy, and welcome, Gary. Thank you for joining me on Evolution Revolution this evening. Oh, hi, Dulcinea. It's a great pleasure to be on. Thank you so much for having me on again. Happy yes. to be here. Pleasure. Thank you both. So what was your inspiration for the creation of the magnificent book, Power Prayer? Well, it began actually, first I want to preface that, Dulcinea, by saying that uh, we had been practicing prayer for uh, a number of years, over 20 years, and we were actually on a, on a mountain that we considered to be a very significant and holy in, in Northern California, Mount Talak. And we had gone there up to offer some prayers for the world in healing. And uh, while we were on the top, um, the, the, we were surrounded by blackness, and the wind kicked up, and the rain, and this ugly blackness seemed to uh, overcome us on the mountain. And 
and we knew we needed to get off the top, and we got down, but we felt compelled to continue our prayers. We had some shelter, and all the way down, we found some shelter and continued our prayers. Um, we got back to the to the place we were staying, and we noticed there were a lot of police cars, and, and things just didn't feel right. And the um, person running the bed and breakfast said we needed to flip on the news, and in fact, it was uh, September 11th, uh, 2001, had happened um, actually, while we were on the mountain in California, it had happened in New York. And uh, that horrible tragedy actually was the impetus um, uh, because for us to try and share what we had been taught with other people with prayer and healing, so that uh, because we knew it's a great tool that people can use uh, not only in times of tragedy, but to help the world uh, in, in their everyday lives. Very powerful. What a what a most relevant time to come to prayer. And also Mount Talak in Northern California, um, we believe is is a holy mountain, a holy place. And so we were up there um, doing prayers on this holy place when this it was just very strange. It was almost like we were kind of driven off the mountain by this awful blackness, and we just didn't know. Nothing felt right. It's like somehow the world had gone into shock or something. Everything felt wrong, you know. And so it just inspired us to keep praying. And, and you know, well, we, we remember back. We'll never forget that day and what happened afterwards. But it sort of confirmed to us, and we were inspired, that one thing everybody needs, and everybody turns to at these really difficult times, as you know, Dulcinea, is prayer. And um, it's something we've really taken very seriously. We haven't just, everybody practices prayer, but We've really studied it. We've really practiced it hours and hours every week for, you know, over 25 years under the um, direction of, a, of a, a master of yoga. So it's something we take really seriously and we really know does work. Yes, yeah, so you've created with this tool, Power Prayer, an opportunity for people to bring prayer into their life in a practical way through visualization and through affirmations, through awareness, and then also through prayers that are inspirational that could be used with the meditation that accompanies or just an inspirational prayer to read to connect back to that oneness, to the source. So that's a really exciting tool for for today. And what I found was most phenomenal through it was the relatable experiences that you both presented of your experience with prayer and how it transformed an experience or how it brought forth an experience or a miracle for you and for, um, for others or those around you. And so I thought that this tool was most powerful because not only can someone take it and practically integrate it into their life existence in a powerful and meaningful way, but it also shows the human element of you two and how you resort to prayer to really bring forth your light work in the world. That's a, a very good perspective, uh, Dulcinea, about the, the, the power of prayer. Uh, the thing that the important point that I think that we, I want to make right off the bat is that um, we view prayer primarily as a way of moving energy and consciousness out from ourselves, a way of moving outward into the world, of projecting love and healing and, and awareness and, uh, and love and compassion out to the world. It's not so much a tool as asking the divine source for things for ourselves. Even though we do teach that technique in the book, but we view prayer as a means, number one, that ordinary individuals can become extraordinary 
through understanding the power of prayer. And number two, as you had mentioned, the divine expression that when we can have our ego-based self step aside and just let the divine inspiration work through us, in this case through prayer or healing, it's a great tool for personal transformation as well. Can I, can I just say something there um, on that point, uh, just to add something? Uh, you know, most people think of prayer and they think of, um, you know, this is communion with God, which it is, and asking for inspiration and strength, and everybody needs to do that. Um, but Gary was just mentioning, and I just want to elaborate on that, the technique, the main technique that we talk about is, as Gary says, an outward-moving energy. So it's a whole different way of using prayer. One is more like a personal communion with God, asking things for yourself. And the one in power prayer is an outward-moving expression. So uh, you're more concerned with helping others, helping the world, sending healing. And at the same time, of course, as you're doing that, it's also going to be helping you too. So, so it's a whole different kind of perceptive, on, uh, a whole different look at prayer, if you like. And it was taught to us by... Um, our master, our spiritual master, Dr. George King, the late Dr. George King, who really was a, an outstanding exponent of this form of prayer, which he called dynamic prayer. So I just wanted to clarify that. Yes, and you know, that's a very valid point that you bring up with the book. I did notice there was a lot of energy teachings. And did this, do you believe that this book is a result of your experience with the 12 blessings and the power of prayer using the energy and the light work in that practice? Oh, you're good, Dulcinea. You don't miss a trick, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's why I love being on with you before because, you know, you really, you don't just, um, questions don't just come from the top of your head. You really think about things and you kind of process them and you have a lot of experience and metaphysical background yourself. So I think you're a great interviewer. Well, thank you. (laughs) um, But, um, yeah, we have been using uh, a book of prayers called The Twelve Blessings over many, many years. And I suppose it's true to say that that particular book, which we're actually celebrating the 50th anniversary this week. (laughs) Funny you should bring it up. That book kind of started us both individually. I was in England and Gary was in the United States at the time. But that book started us individually on our path to prayer. And this, is, this book is a whole other subject. I don't know whether, um, shall we go into this now? I mean, the 12 Blessings, it's the 50th anniversary. It would be a, a great time just to, um, to talk a little about that. So, that's, um, sure, that's up to you. We can also let them know that you and I had talked about the 12 Blessings earlier, this, earlier in the year. So if we don't touch base on it enough for your interest, feel free to go to the archives in the Evolution Revolution Archives with Chrissy Blaze, and you can listen to a full hour on the 12 Blessings. But tonight we'll give you a brief introduction um, of what the 12 Blessings are, and then then you, Chrissy and Gary, can elaborate on how those teachings brought you to the fruition of this creation, Power Prayer. Right. Well, the 12 Blessings um, were a series. Um, Let me just backtrack a little Our spiritual master, Dr. George King, was also an outstanding medium. And um, he received messages over many years in the 1950s in England, where he was an English master, actually, for many advanced and enlightened beings and so forth. But he um, 
he had an experience one day, and he was prepared for this experience several days prior to it, by being overshadowed and um, by the great being, the great avatar, Jesus. And the result of that was the giving of these 12 blessings, which were given over 12 consecutive Sundays in, in London, England, 50 years ago this week. And this little book has found its way around the world uh, over these 50 years. And this, this book of blessings was given as an extension of the Sermon on the, on the Mount to include a cosmic concept. But above all, it's a practice, a spiritual practice, which we can use, anyone can use, can pick up this book and start to send out this uh, great light, this great healing and prayer energy to the world. So as well as being a wonderful teaching, it's also a great spiritual practice. Wonderful. So again, Gary that's the 12 blessings. Yeah. Yes, the 12 blessings. Gary. So people... No, I think, um, you know, Chrissy's probably covered that. You and Chrissy probably covered that topic pretty well in the past. I just want to add that the uh, the 12 blessings as a mechanism, number one, as a teaching, but as we're talking about prayer, as a mechanism for a powerfully guided form of prayer uh, is probably the best that uh, that I've and Chrissy have ever seen. So if people are interested in that and how to use that uh, at, with prayer and as a metaphysical and mystical teaching, they should uh, investigate that further. Certainly. So let's let's go back to what is dynamic prayer that is mentioned in power prayer. Well, basically the the difference, the way that we've been taught and that we view prayer is, uh, again, it's not so much asking a divine being for something for you or to do things for you, but it's using the innate, the innate tools that this divine being, whichever name we choose to put on it, has left for us in creation to discover and use. And the thing that we need to remember is that energy moves through us, life force moves through us, every single moment of our lives. And we condition that life force, that prana, that chi, this, this energy with our thoughts and our emotions. And it leaves us and goes out to the world uh, and adds good or not so good things to the mix. Hence healing. When we're adding love and compassion, when we're doing healing, we're conditioning this chi, this prana, and giving it to someone else. It changes it into a almost a magical elixir. And what we try and do with prayer is recognize that we can draw on this great life force in a very concentrated way, bring it down into us, add our love, add our compassion, add our intention to it, and then send this with our thoughts, our desire, and our will to someone on the other side of the world for healing or to support people who may be suffering in some way. Um, dynamic prayer is a very, actually mystical and powerful ritual by which we can condition the universal life force and add our love to it and use our intent and mind to project this and actually sometimes do miracles. Yes, that's very beautifully put. And I think it's just really important for people to recognize that I think what I find with my clients and so many people today is they just don't know where to start with their so-called passion or that inner urge to do something more or or um, perform service in their life. And I think that when people come to me and say, where do I start? I was The first thing I do is, okay, well, let's look at the energy of what's going on with you. What are your desires? 
And then the second thing I always recommend is begin to pray for what serves you and the higher good of all to show up in your life. And just initiating that prayer for the higher good of all allows someone to begin their path of service or begin their path of light work, which ultimately all beings are really here on earth to experience. So I think prayer is one of the best ways for people to hook in to that spiritual path and connect to that service, that light work, that, again, why we're all here on the planet at this time. That's a wonderful point, Dulcinea, and again, very well put, and I totally agree with you. For example, I think everybody innately is, you know, most people are good people and they want to do something to help, but they feel kind of, well, what can I do? And they hear about this tragedy and they feel helpless, you know, and they know there are people there, the rescue workers, and they're really doing their best and they're doing a fantastic job. But, you know, there's not, people feel there's not a lot they can do, but with prayer, there is a lot they can do because they can direct their prayers, for example, to those rescue workers, to those firefighters, to those doctors, to those nurses, to the people who are injured. And they may never know the results. They may be saving lives. They may be giving strength to those rescue workers who so need it. They may be giving inspiration to the doctors and nurses. And prayer does all these things. So I totally agree that um, I think it's so important for everyone in this world to realize that one of the most important things that they can do with their lives is something for the whole, as you say, to to give service to the whole. And prayer is one of the simplest and the most direct and the best ways we can do that. Yes, Gary. Okay, great. Go ahead. (laughs) No, I was just going to add to that. You know, in the words of the, and this may date me a bit, in in one of the old Beatles songs, and in the end, the love you uh, take is equal to the love you make. Uh, That not only applies to our everyday life, but by expressing our love on a different level through healing and prayer, on some level that's going to be returned to us as well and to strengthen us to be even more powerful uh, in our efforts for um, for the whole. Yes, yes. And I think if people begin with themselves, they're in fact serving others. So begin by praying to bring yourself into your own higher essence, into your own higher good and awareness with light and love and energy and radiate yourself in an experience of self-love and pray for that self-love and naturally you'll become a conduit of love for the world. Absolutely. All they have to do is to be, have the awareness so that uh, when these opportunities, and as you know, uh, sometimes these, this awareness, this opportunity, this guidance uh, comes in many different ways, and it's a it's a task for all of us to have to be aware of the signs that the universe, the loving universe, presents to us to lead us uh, uh, in our path. Yes, that's so very very important. And prayer is such a, a powerful way to connect with that guidance. And on that note, in the book Power Prayer, there was a point um, that I thought was really important. And, and the question then would be, what is the difference between connecting with spirit guides and your higher self in prayer? Um, well, you know, to be successful at prayer, you don't have to have any contact with your spirit guides consciously. Um, you can just do the prayer, direct it towards your object, whatever that is, a loved one, somebody across the other side of the world who's suffering, whatever it is, you can direct 
that prayer and the energy, the, the energy from God, if you like, or the Creator will flow through you as, as a channel. When you make that um, intention, that prayer, it will happen. Um, some other people like to work with, with their spirit guides. I used to be many moons ago a spiritualist, and we did a lot of work with, with guides and so on. But it's not necessary. But I do believe that when we start to do prayer on a regular basis, then our guides and from the other realms will start to work through us. Um, you know, a light will go up when we give a prayer, a light goes out on the other realms, and people will be drawn to that. So if we're doing it on a very regular basis, our healing, our prayers, on a daily basis, then we will definitely attract people from the other realms, and our healing work and our prayer work will be greatly enhanced. But it's not necessary. I mean, let me just mention briefly healing in that respect. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Harry Edwards. Have you, Dorsalina? He was English, so you probably may not have done. I've Plus, not heard of him. Plus, you're probably too young as well. He was uh, <laughs> probably one of the best healers ever in this world. They say that in his lifetime, he gave healing to, I think it was three million people. And when I was a, a kid, he was giving healing at the Albert Hall in London. And he was a man who openly stated that he worked with spirit guides and he did work with doctors Lister and Pasteur who were spirit guides and they worked through him and, and partly because he was a great channel and an amazing man himself tremendously strong character um, but because also he was, they were working through him then I believe his healing powers were greatly enhanced and, he was, and I went to see him at the Albert Hall when I was 14 and literally people would go up in wheelchairs and they would walk off the stage. I mean, one after the other after the other. This was a man who miracles were just every other second. You know, he was an incredible man. He would roll up his sleeves and very down-to-earth English guy. And um, just before miracles, and he did work with spirit guides, but I, it's not essential, especially when you're beginning. You know, people shouldn't worry about that aspect. I don't know if Gary wants to add anything to that. No, I, I don't need to add anything to that point except to say that um, spirit guides obviously are different than our own higher selves, um, which is, if you like, the the pure aspect of our consciousness. Or, uh, you know, we we have our our basic body here, which is really just a, you know, we're spirit uh, trying to gain experience in a material world, not um, um, bodies trying to get spiritual, even though that's part of the process. But, uh, of course, our higher self is something that uh, once we can um, divest ourselves of so much of the, the body awareness and consciousness and open ourselves up, uh, the higher self is the greater part of ourselves, the divine essence that uh, begins to speak to us. And, you know, and people often say, well, uh, they complain to me sometimes that like, God doesn't speak to us anymore. God doesn't speak to him or her or me anymore. And I think part of the process is that is this, we don't listen to these or don't open ourselves up and hear the promptings of our higher self, our higher consciousness, uh, this divine spark that speaks through us. So um, I just want to add that to Christie's mix on uh, the Harry Edwards story. Yes, I think that's a great point about the higher self and the spirit guides. And I just want to distinguish that because that's one of the techniques personally for me as a clairvoyant reader. People will call me and say, can you tell me who my guides are? And uh, unfortunately, I, I could. That's just not the way that I read. I really focus on the higher self aspect. 
Um, I'm really looking for the self-empowerment. So I just think it's an important point for people to realize when they do pray, pray to their higher self, and if they do desire to invoke guides, I would say it's a secondary um, enhancement (laughs) to connecting with the source. I I, I quite agree. If If the focus is the higher self and you're doing enough prayer and healing, the guides will come, you know, but the fo- I agree with you. The focus should be um, self empowerment, definitely. Wonderful. Well, simply, simply by by moving outwardly or moving yourself in t- in an expression of prayer or healing, uh, we're automatically sort of contacting our higher nature. And in just it's sort of it'd be wonderful if we, when we're in the prayerful mode or when we're in the healing mode, that we can keep that awareness throughout our day and then really open ourselves up to the promptings of our our greater selves, our higher self. Yes, bringing that application of that information into our everyday world. Right. Yes. Well, we're speaking with Chrissy and Gary Blaze, authors of Power Prayer. You can find them on the web at www.chrissyblaze.com and that is C-H-R-I-S-S-I-E Blaze, B-L-A-Z-E dot com. Again, www.chrissyblaze.com. Please explore her information on the web, her readings, and their bios are on there. And of course, you can link up to them through the Evolution Revolution homepage. So how do motives relate to prayer? Motives. Um what exactly do you mean? Um, in the book, in um, Power Prayer, I thought it was a really healthy component that you had mentioned, and it may not have been elaborated upon a lot, but I thought it was a very powerful point, and I believe it was in the mental preparation part of the book, maybe in the part two in the earlier part of the book, where you had mentioned people's motives for praying, and if they're praying for their own selfish um, enhancement versus for the higher good of all, how that will create an outcome. And then immediately in the book, which I don't think it was in the same section, and the story comes to mind of Gary in your 20s when you were extremely ill. Exactly. exactly. Okay, so that's kind of where I'm going with this this question here. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I just felt ill thinking about that experience 20 years ago. But... uh, um, (laughs) It's um, actually, uh, I think what uh, what Christy was referring to with that is, of course, that uh, prayer really is an act of, of magic, uh, you know, divine magic. And um, it's a tool, and it's a tool that the divine has left here for us to use. And like so many things, uh, it, the technology, if you like, the spiritual technology can be used for good or sometimes not so good. Um, Therefore, we try and make it very clear when we teach our classes and hopefully through the book that, number one, you have to have an absolutely pure motive for using your prayer. You never use it to change people's minds. You never use it to try and make someone think like you. You never try and use it to get a job. You never try and use it to influence people in a way so that <clears throat> excuse me, the power of prayer can do your bidding. But you want to keep your motives absolutely pure can i can i just pick up on that you never use it to get a job um i think it's fine to use prayer um to ask that you have the resources necessary to fulfill what you're here on earth to do and you know 
ask for emotional resources, the financial resources, whatever. Keep it, you know, but keep your prayers high rather than specifically, um, because you never know what the plan is. You know, we, while we, if we limit ourselves to asking for a certain job, then it may not be the right job for us to fulfill our destiny in a certain way. So, uh, but you can ask for your things for yourself, of course, but try and keep them um, spiritually with a spiritual motive. No, I think what what I was referring to with that is that if someone is applying for a job, you don't use the power of your prayer to try and influence the decision makers to uh, look at yourself favorably. And that experience that I had when I was 20 years old, approximately 20 years old, really illustrates this, is that uh, briefly I go into it where I had a very good friend of mine, and, and we took divergent paths at that time, and I started getting into metaphysics, and he uh, went into a more orthodox route. And they thought, obviously, that what I was doing was of the devil. And so they had about 200 people, and one night they got together and they decided that they were going to fix me, that they were going to make me see the light. And they prayed for me intensely, in other words, prayed for me to change my mind in the way that I think. Um, And uh, obviously I threw a lot of emotion and a lot of power into it, and I was sitting at home, and I got very sick and uh, spent a lot of the the evening in the bathroom, curled up in a corner. Uh, I didn't know this was going on. When I met my friend the next day, he told me about it, and then I'd recognize exactly what had happened. So this illustrates that um, the motive in which you use prayer should be absolutely pure and of the highest motive. Never change someone's minds. Ask for inspiration. Ask that they may be inspired, filled with light, love, healing, that they may find the greatest part of themselves, that they may have awareness, um, but never to change anyone's minds. Very ethical point, and I just wanted to bring that up because I think often people will take something like prayer that is so positive and use some internal justification method to use it in a way that serves only their selfish desires versus the higher good of all. Absolutely. And that can create a very detrimental outcome. And I myself had one experience of that, and it really just relates to energy. I was praying for a week off of college. I was praying, praying. I woke up on a Saturday morning. It was only six weeks into the semester. It was my senior year, and I was, my goal was to get to a Ph.D. program. So I was in an intense course load, probably about six classes, four research projects, and editing a, a manuscript. And I was like, God, I just need a break. Please, please give me a break. I'll do anything for a week off, anything. <laughs> and this was on Saturday morning. And at Saturday about 4.30 p.m., the whole county of San Diego broke out in fires. Fires that destroyed, they were in 2003, they destroyed thousands and thousands of acres, many homes. Um, I got one week off of school exactly because the air decks were destroyed. And I went to my mentor, who was very much of a metaphysical mentor, although I was immersed in academic research. I had this mentor outside and I said, you know, I just told God I really needed a week off. And I go, and then that night I got it. And he looked at me in the eyes and he goes, we got to talk about how you manifest, because I don't think you created those fires directly, but the fact that you put the energy out there for somebody else to hook into and act upon does not serve the higher good of all. And I'll I'll never forget that turning point for me with my manifestation and my prayer, because I'm very strong, and I wasn't in the awareness to ask for what served the higher good of all, despite my selfish need of a week off. (laughs) Good point. 
Yeah, so it was very, very humbling. <laughs> that's, um, that's a, that, doesn't that one thing that really illustrates of Gary's point and your point is that you know prayer really works. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, if they want an example, here's two brilliant examples about the fact that prayer works. It does, and this is what people don't realize. Yes, and it's just using it in the way that serves the higher good of all, and that it's a, you know, in a beneficial sense for the oneness. If enough people get together and pray at a certain time, and you know, when they hear about these world tragedies and so forth, we can really turn things around. I think that really is a, a power. Um, Dr. King used to say, our our spiritual master, that the biggest energy shortage on this earth was the shortage of spiritual energy or prayer energy or love energy, and he called it the spiritual energy crisis. And this was in the early 70s he was talking about that. Not so much the shortage of gas, electricity, or I mean gas, oil, etc., but the shortage of, of love, of spiritual energy, which we can bring into the world through our prayers. And um, and when we do that, what happens? It creates a kind of balance. A balance will be created in the world. And all the other crises, which have, have formed because of greed and, and so on, will eventually be balanced out as consciousness changes. So this is a very brilliant concept he had, the spiritual energy crisis. That's the one that needs to be addressed. Yes, and prayer is a mechanism to really... Uh, reverse that spiritual energy crisis and transform it or bring it back to the truth of love. Very well put. Yeah, you know, good. there was there were some studies, I guess, some years ago, you're probably familiar with them, when the, um, I, I believe it was the, um, uh, a certain uh, group had got together and had meditated uh, in unison, and they had apparently uh, then charted the effects of this group meditation on the, uh, immediate area, and according to their studies, the effects of the meditation and the people coming together, um, you know, just a sort of a passive meditation, people sitting there, not really doing anything dynamic or powerful, but just meditating with a loving heart, apparently, according to their results, affected the crime dropped and, and other things in the immediate area, it had a definite impact. And this type of study they repeated uh, throughout a number of cities in the world. What does this illustrate? That number one, uh, even conditioning the the energy that moves through us in sort of a passive loving way can have a tremendous benefit. But we believe that when you can take this and really sort of draw on this life force, not in a passive way, on this God force, but in a sort of a calm but powerful way and bring it through you, add your love and make it a magical elixir and send this out to the world, then those effects can be much more pronounced. If you had, say, 50 people doing the meditation and you had a certain effect, and if you had 50 people spending the same amount of time doing a real loving prayer session, powerful prayer session, I think that prayer session, this technology, this spiritual technology, can uh, have a, a great impact. It's just... Uh, getting enough people to do it. Yes, and I, I think an important part of, for at least for me coming in my evolution, I was raised Catholic and, and evolved. By age five, I saw the truth. And I started to evolve into just God is oneness and, and beyond the um, religious dogma. But I think the word prayer has such a stigma to it. 
it's Absolutely. almost as if just the word needs to, there needs to be a new way to bring this concept in so that people can look beyond the religious stamp. Exactly. Point, yeah. I know I did a radio show in, in London a couple of years ago uh, about, um, a, I think it was Workout for the Soul had just come out, and they wanted me to talk about it, but I wasn't allowed to use the word prayer because in England at the time it was a sort of a no-no. It was politically incorrect to use the word, you know, so I said, well, how am I supposed to describe it? They didn't mind me describing it. I was allowed to sort of describe it, but I wasn't allowed to use that word on air, you know. <laughs> Interesting. So it goes to show the point. They don't want to turn people away because they they will receive just without that label. Yeah, of course, exactly. a, a new one now that's used um, is directed intention, which I think is pretty good. Sure, sure. It creates a good picture for me. So prayer transcends the limitations of words, languages, beliefs, attitudes, and even as we were just suggesting, religious ideas and concepts. It, it's simply a, a way of connecting to the universal source of energy and a positive, loving intention. And you do a great job of bringing those ideas through power prayer, through meditation, such as meditation on the divine self, or some peace meditations. And you know, let's t- actually let's talk about the one minute peace prayer initiative. I thought that was really exciting. Oh, right. Oh, that was started um, a few years ago uh, that people around the world in different time zones, if they could get together for just one minute of their day and say a prayer for, to help the world, to help everybody, for peace, for harmony, for enlightenment, for healing of the world. And we got people from many, many different countries joining in. At first, I thought it would be great if we could do it at a certain time, but and it was ideally that everybody did it at, I think it was 9 p.m. But um, if they couldn't do that, then any minute during the day to devote to that. And actually, I had somebody sign up a couple of days ago, strangely enough. This was an initiative, initiative started by the Ethereum Society that Gary and I are both members of, which is a metaphysical organization. And um, as I say, we had people around the world. It's not kind of active at the moment, that particular um, uh, attempt at prayer, but we have other things going on um, called prayer marathons from time to time where people join in sort of throughout the day around the world. But I think the One Minute Peace Prayer Initiative um, was a good idea and certainly caught people's attention. Well, I, I think the important point with that one minute initiative, too, is that it, it needs to illustrate to people that even if you start with taking a minute out of your day to move your awareness and consciousness outside of yourself and, and do something in this way through prayer or directed intention, whatever label we choose to put on it, that benefits the whole, um, it's a tremendous start. And if we can begin... As a, as a mass of a race of humanity, even begin with a minute out of our day to begin to do this and then expand from that minute so that our awareness changes and that we can, you know, sort of make our day if by our thoughts and by our actions a, a, a day of loving prayer. And um, the one-minute prayer piece was, I think, a very uh, a great way to sort of start with that awareness. Yes, and I think it's also a valuable tool for someone like myself, a reader, or for other leaders to 
be inspired on ways that they can get together with a group of people, friends, or you know maybe uh, metaphysical groups that meet, or other healers, and maybe begin to create that one-minute peace prayer initiative within their circle of friends, within the support, to be able to see exponential results. Absolutely. Great idea. Maybe um, we could start it now. <laughs> Just throw it out there and see if anyone wants to uh, participate in that. <laughs> That's a great idea, and we can, you know, we, Chrissy, we can synchronize too with our websites and put a time up and just see what result we get. But begin to just allow the dominoes to fall, but to start by hitting the first one. Yeah, that's a good idea. We could uh, choose a time, 9 p.m. or something like that, in, in, in local time around the world. How about that? <laughs> okay. Okay. And if any, any, for anybody who wants to follow up with us, feel free to check the Evolution Revolution website afterward. I'll make a posting on this. Very exciting. So in Power Prayer, another really exciting point that I came across was about divas or angelic hosts and how they work with prayer. I think this really is an important point to bring up tonight because so many people have a misconceived idea of angelic hosts and support and also a lack of accountability with the law of karma. So I thought that it would be an important point to bring up the idea and the energy of divas, angelic hosts, and how they just match our energy. <laughs> well, it's um, you know the the whole concept of um, uh, whatever again whatever label we choose to put on it, uh, angelic hosts, nature spirits. Uh, I think divas is a Sanskrit word that uh, I believe means a, a shining one or luminous one, uh, which is an interesting term. But the these forces are, if you like, as a, as a parallel type of, not universe, but a life form that exists uh, here with us, that is here, that helps us in many different ways, is responsible for, the, uh, um, for the, the growth of plants, the air, the movement of clouds, anything. Of course, the, the different traditions have different names for them. Uh, the magical tradition will talk about the elementals of uh, uh, fire as salamanders and the as undines of the water, or sylphs of the air, and uh, gnomes of the earth. So this tradition goes back through many, many different centuries. And the thing that we have to understand is that the Devic forces work strictly according to law. In other words, they're just sitting there, if you can visualize them with their arms folded and saying, you give us the tools, and whatever tools you give us, we're going to build. If you give us some bad tools, we're going to build a, a real shoddy house. If you give us good loving tools, we're going to build you a strong and beautiful house. But the type of house that they build refers to the, um, um, the weather, the tornadoes, uh, and all different types of things like that with the divic forces. So the divas play a very special role. And, and as far as prayer goes... We believe that the nature spirits or the devic forces play a role in the manipulation of our prayer energy that we do send out. And uh, Chrissy wants to add some more about that. No, I think Gary was uh, reading my mind wrong. Then I was, that was a fascinating explanation. But, um, yeah, I mean they deal with energy, the energy. So if we are sending out negative streams of energy, then they they only have that to work with. This is their role. They have this energy to work with. So then um, storms are created, you know, all these bad weather patterns are created. And if we send out the opposite, healing, love, prayer, then it provides good tools for them to work with to provide um, balance and harmony. 
I think an important point with that, too, is uh, what Dulcinea mentioned is the, is the karmic aspect, is that, number one, we're responsible for how we use the God-given energy that moves through us, that's provided to us by the grace of greater beings. We're responsible for how we use this energy in our every breath during our 24 hours every day. Um, that energy moves through us. As I mentioned earlier, we condition it in a way with our thoughts and actions. This moves out to the world, affecting people in a positive or not-so-positive way. And karmically, we're responsible for how we use every unit of energy that the universe, greater beings, have sort of provided for us. And uh, so we have to be very careful, number one, how we use our, our thoughts and our actions during the day, um, but also when we use it in prayer. And it's a great tool, number one, to activate the karmic law on our behalf. As you sow, so shall you reap. You give out love, you get back. You give out healing, you get back. So the, the karmic aspect of uh, not only prayer, but how we transcend and use the energy uh, with our every breath is an important point to think about. Yes, I think it is a very important point, and I also think it's um, a mirror for each of us in our own spiritual evolution to use the results or lack of results to our own advantage in, in increasing our awareness. So, for instance, if we're creating a prayer and we think we're praying for what we feel is the right thing or whatnot, but we're not necessarily getting a result that's aligning with that, I, I found in my own experience that it maybe it's not what serves the higher good of all. And I, immediately I, I'm getting pictures of I created um, a move to Seattle. And I'll never forget I was there on day two and somebody handed me the CD set. And the, it was titled God's Unanswered Prayers. <laughs> and I went, well, well, this is not a good sign. <laughs> but it was a learning experience. It was a learning experience. But in fact, it wasn't um, what was supposed to manifest in its fullest form. And and so I think it, it's just it, it's really helpful for us to use prayers is if we create a prayer and it doesn't result in a physical form in the way that we've set the intention, it's likely that for myself, I'm in a, a limited being. I didn't see the infinite nature of the possible outcomes and so God isn't going to let me put myself in a shoebox. There's another point too and that is um, the wording of the prayer. You know, uh, We have to be careful what we say in the words. And sometimes when you read something, it sounds okay. But when you reread it, it's like, wow, that I didn't really mean that. So, you know, make sure that you're actually really saying what what you want to say. Well. Yes, that's so, a very good point. And, you know, on that note, I'd like to touch upon um, in Power Prayer in chapters, in the latter part, portion of the book, chapters maybe 8 through 12, there are several prayers. And there was a chapter dedicated to global prayer. And I thought that was a really important um, element to the book to really teach people the words to use to help our global aspect, the larger consciousness, the oneness. And I'd also like to add that Marianne Williamson wrote the foreword on this book, Power Prayer. And as I was reading through the global prayer chapter, I really saw that you complimented her earlier book, Illuminata, A Return to Prayer. Oh, really? It was such a compliment. It was an evolutionary 
enhancement of her prayers and reaching out. So I thought, oh, this is so great because I have Illuminata next to my bed. It's one of those books that's gotten me through the last 10 years or however many years I've had it, the last several years. (laughs) And so I'd like to let other people know that if they're familiar with that book, Illuminata, Return to Prayer or not, Power Prayer is a great ethical tool for learning how to pray today, to really being in the global consciousness of the larger oneness. So when you create those prayers, you do use the right words and focus on the larger oneness, the global aspect. And again, I just, I really, really was grateful and appreciative of the prayers that you presented in part four of Power Prayer. I thought like there was, for instance, um, I have one here on peace. Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, that that we may walk the paths of the Most High. And we shall beat our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. And none shall be afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. And so it's just bringing really powerful words and prayers together in one in one location so people can carry this. I remember at my job, prayer got me through many, actually many jobs <laughs> along, along my journey. What difficult jobs have you had, No, just kidding. So, so I, I, I really wanted to compliment you on including those prayers in that latter part and let others know that there are guides in the book Power Prayer to help you to really articulate meaningful prayers and also to look at your own awareness and preparation for really creating a power prayer. <laughs> well, thanks for pointing that. That's very sweet of you to um, to mention that about the prayers in part four and to uh, bring in Marianne Williamson's book, wonderful book, Illuminata. It's a beautiful book. Just, um, it looks beautiful and it is a beautiful book. Um, so, yeah, we, we try to include prayers for all different phases of, of life, uh, both the personal prayers, you know, asking for strength and help, and also the global ones, too. So, you know, if, if there is, a, like, a world situation, you turn on the TV, you see there's, like, terrible suffering, and God forbid, I hope there isn't, then you can just flip to this chapter, and, and you're not sure what to say, and you can just literally lift your hands up. We do prayer with the hands raised, with the palms facing outwards, which allows the power to flow through these important psychic centers we have in the palms of our hands. And you just have to press the palms of your hands in the middle there to feel this kind of sensitive point. And energy will flow through you, through your heart center. Just repeat the words of that prayer in the book. And, uh, you know, you might save lives. You just don't know. You never know. But one thing you do know is that good results will come. That is absolutely definite. That is sure. Yes, very, very powerful. Prayer does work, and it taps the energy to really align a person with their inner spirit and higher truth. And so we're here talking about Power Prayer with Chrissy and Gary Blaze. You can find them on the web at www.chrissyblaze.com. So let's talk about the energy of love. How does a person generate the energy of love? The uh, I don't think there's any sort of real formula for that. I just, when we teach our courses, um, the way that I try and explain it to people, number one is that um, 
and this has had a great impact on some people. Number one, you need to move out of your head uh, and into your heart because you don't want to, to, in order to activate that love from that heart center, we want to, we don't want to overanalyze things. We don't want to keep it in the head, but we just want, you just need to open the heart. You need to let the heart blossom. I always like to sort of visualize it as sort of turning on a heart switch. And um, there's a little meditation in the book that uh, we teach in our courses um, about um, really beginning to feel and generate love in your personal life and then being able to share it with another partner in the exercise and then feeling that love that you've shared with one person and then projecting it out into the world. I think obviously that uh, as our, our divine source guides us throughout our, our our days and our nights, we all have the capability for this great expression of love, and it's just uh, finding it within us and letting it flow. Beautiful. Christy, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think we're all learning on earth, learning about love, you know, and it's not easy. It's a difficult path, but that's at the end of the day, the end of our lifetime, you know, that's the important question. How much love have we given? And, you know, there's different, love has different levels of expression. So we're, we're constantly learning. We think we've learned one lesson and there'll be a harder lesson to learn. But uh, basically, when we go through these difficult times, we help to open our heart. And then the next time we'll have more strength and more love to give. And it's like a, it's like a path. The path of love is a hard path, but it's a rewarding one. And the more difficulties we go through and the more personal problems we face, then the more love, the more our heart will be open and the end result is that more we can give love to others. And that really is, I believe, why we're here, really. That's why we're here, is to put more love, to help channel and put more love into our world, which if you think about it, we look around and there's so much suffering and that really is the solution, I believe. It's not, it's not going to come from the politicians necessarily. It's not going to come from all these types of people. It's going to come from us, the ordinary person who realizes that the answer is, is love, you know, is, is service, it's healing, it's helping our brothers and our sisters. That really is the key, I think. Yes, and I, I would have to agree. And, you know, love being such a universal nature it just so coincides that prayer also has that universal nature. So it seems to me that prayer and love, uh, or prayer and love are, are synergistic, and prayer is a mechanism to really bring more love into one's world. Well, that's a brilliant definition. I remember, Dalton, you have these great definitions. <laughs> it must be my spirit, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, prayer is the mechanism. Yeah, exactly. Prayer is the mechanism. And love, and what, and what you're doing with prayer is you're channeling that love exactly. Prayer is yes, love. bringing in the love. <laughs> bringing in the love. <laughs> Power prayer yeah. too by Dulcinea. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. I'd love to have you two join me. <laughs> So power prayer is a potent method for activating the laws of God on your behalf and enabling you to live in harmony with these laws. This powerful tool of prayer will help you unlock the divinity within. It is then that you realize that even though you are only one person, you have within you the limitless resources of the divine waiting to be unleashed. 
You can find more in Power Prayer by Chrissy and Gary Blaze. You can find them on the web at www.chrissyblaze.com. You can pick up the book at amazon.com or via Chrissy's website. Prayer offers human beings the opportunity to align with their inner sense of connection to the oneness from which we are all derived. Prayer fosters divine support to shine your inner light, radiate your inner truth, and align with your highest version of yourself. Prayer is a lifestyle of faith, a solution to the ordinary from the extraordinary, and a peaceful resolve. Enlighten and expand your light within today with the power of prayer and by searching within to align yourself with your grandest inner vision of the eternal truth of who you are. Next week, August 7th, the most accurate medium, psychic, and enlightened author, Jock Brokus, with his powerful wisdom and professional expertise in a well-rounded personal portrait, emphasizing the importance of the intuitive gift in this modern-day existence that lies inherently deep within each human being, in his latest book release, Powers of the Sixth Sense. On August 14th, Alan Arcieri will be offering his practical and enriching book, First School 101, who we are, where we are, and why we are here, with quotes from the Ascended Masters that line the pages, a must-read. On August 28th, Michelle Epiphany Prosser will help you to get in touch with the divine, with a simple and profound approach in her book release, Excuse Me, Your God is Waiting. Michelle offers her teachings about optimizing the law of attraction through the power of prayer. On September 4th, Michael Tamora will offer his divine and wise teachings about learning to validate our true selves and develop inner certainty or certainty in the divinity. He will offer a healing meditation following based upon these valuable topics. Be certain to join us for an unforgettable experience. On September 11th, Carol Obley will offer her deeply powerful book that gently reminds us that true love is eternal love. The barrier of physicality is simply an illusion in her compelling and true story, I'm Still With You, True Stories of Healing Grief Through Spirit Communication. On September 18th, Jocelyn Chaplin will be offering from the UK her highly integrated and deeply enlightened perspective in her book release, Deep Equality, Living in the Flow of Natural Rhythms. On September 25th, Sarah McLean will appear with her meditative expertise. She's the director of Sedona Meditation Training Company and inspires speakers to take time out for time in through meditation. She has vast experience, including her work with Deepak Chopra and Gary Zukov. Sarah will take us through an inspirational meditation live. Be sure to join us. On October 9th, Dr. Susan Carroll with her enlightened book, Visions from Venus, a multidimensional love story. Susan offers a look into the higher dimensions and how they appear on Earth in times of great transition and transformation through a real-life story. On October 16th, Robert Schwartz will be appearing with his wise and insightful perspective on pre-birth planning, or spirits look at the events and people that one will experience during their human existence through revealing true stories and a strong emphasis on Robert's personal experience in the book release, Courageous Souls. Do we plan our life challenges before birth? On November 6th, Chrissy Blaze will appear to discuss her latest astrological book release, Baby Star Signs, who portrays the new children of today as old souls who have come here during the crossroads to shift humanity to enlightenment in its evolutionary development. 
On December 4th, please join me with Albert Clayton Golden with his authentic perspective in his re-release by Simon & Schuster of his book, You're Not Who You Think You Are, A Breakthrough Guide to Discovering the Authentic You. Albert will bring us a new lens to authenticity and expand our horizons. You can purchase all of our author's books featured on Evolution Revolution at www.amazon.com or you can link up to their individual websites through the Evolution Revolution homepage. Please join me in the upcoming weeks on the new revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution. Additionally, please explore the Evolution Revolution Evolution Revolution Archive shows with inspirational authors that can be found at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. The archive shows are available 24 hours a day to listen to or for downloading at no charge. They include amazing talent such as Jana Hollingsworth, Marcia Scarborough, Evo Dominguez Jr., Michael Skoransky, Dr. Susan Carroll, Karen Sawyer, Dr. Daniel Condren, Dr. Laurel Clark, Gary Zukov and Linda Francis, Dr. Adrian Windsor, Chrissy Blaze, Neil Donna Walsh, Taylor Wilshire, Dr. Barbara Condren, Jeff Brown, Anna Maria Hemingway, Charles Virtue, Michael Tamora, Marla Martinson, Michael Brown, Richard Blackstone, David Robert Ord, Megan Skinner, Dr. Lisa Love, Jennifer Weigel, Dr. Betty Youngs, and Paula Marie Jackson. Please share Evolution Revolution with others who may desire to join us in the future for an enlightening experience. I am a metaphysical teacher, healer, and spiritual counselor who offers clairvoyant readings via phone, allowing me to connect with people anywhere. Please visit me on my newly created website at www.dulcineasdivinevision.com on the clairvoyant reading page, and you can explore testimonials from clients, contact information, and my background. A divine and spiritually enlightening experience awaits you. Co-create with Evolution Revolution. We are seeking partners to help Evolution Revolution evolve and expand to even more people across the globe. If you are interested in partnering and supporting the rapid development of Evolution Revolution, please explore the Radio Sponsors tab at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. I look forward to hearing from you about the infinite possibilities to co-create in the highest light and with the grandest intention. Thank you for joining Evolution Revolution this evening with my honored guests, Chrissy and Gary Blaze. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, Gary. Thank you so much, Dulcinea. Thanks, Dulcinea. You're fantastic. Thank you. I truly appreciate your time and look forward to connecting with you again. Our pleasure. God bless. Much gratitude to you for listening and supporting the new and revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution Radio. I wish you all abundant peace, joy, miracles and love today and always abundant angel blessings good night